Hello and welcome to another episode of Daf Shui Weekly Daf. Give me 40 minutes or so and I'll give you a Daf or so. We just came out of Parshat Noach. And it feels a little bit like being in the ark, heading towards who knows what. So this learning today is dedicated to all those who are going to vote, all those who are text banking and phone banking and getting other people out to vote, all those who are preparing for what might happen if the Trump administration does not recognize or accept a legitimate vote. Um, and are preparing to save our democracy. There we go. So hopefully we will take this boat and end up safely on the other side altogether and still have a democracy intact. But let's now take some refuge in Torah. I am Arye Cohen, and this is Daf Shui. So we are on 44B, near the bottom of the Daf, uh, four lines up from the bottom, Gufa, in the layout that was made popular through the publication of the Shas of Gemara in Vilna by the brother, by the widow and the brothers Ram, lo these 150 years ago, 44b, Gufa. Gufa signifies that we're talking about something that we already talked about, and we've actually spoken about it twice already. Ravin Bar Shmuel's statement in the name of Shmuel. Okay, this is kind of a refrain. I'm a Ravin Bar Shmuel, Mishmeda Shmuel. So. Rabban Bar Shmuel said in the name of his father Shmuel, So if somebody sells a field to their fellow without achreit, he says that he doesn't have responsibility for it if somebody, if his creditor comes and wants to sue the buyer for the money, money that the seller owes the creditor. He cannot, the seller cannot testify in a case involving the buyer because the seller wants that land to be there so that the creditor can get it in case the seller defaults on his loan. Okay, so we got it. So Ruvain sells land to Shifra without Achrayut, saying, my hands are up. I don't have any problem with it. But still, um, Ruvain can't testify in a case where Levi is claiming against Shifra, no, that's my land, because Ruvain still has a nigiyah, still has an interest in the land, because Ruvain owes money to Issachar, who's coming in off the side, and Ruvain wants to be able to say to Issachar, don't collect from me, collect from that land over there. All right. Hechidami. What case are we talking about? So if we're talking about a case where Ruvain has a different piece of land, so then what difference does it make? Yisachar is going to come after that other piece of land. Yisachar, the, the creditor, is going to come after that other piece of land anyway. It won't, it won't affect Shifra, so then he should be able to testify in a case of, that involves Shifra. If he has no other land, my nafkale minat. Right? So if he has no other land, then what difference does it make? It's still not achrayut, right? It's either, they'll either be able to get it from Shifra, or won't be able to get it from Shifra. Lo lam delet achrita. It's, oh no, we're talking about a case where he has no other land, where Ruvain has no other land. Da amar, la nicha delaheve lobe where he says, I don't want to be considered. Now, there are two ways. The, the, the manuscripts have two ways to go. That The printed edition has him saying this, Da'amar. 
Um, the manuscripts don't have da'amar, meaning that this is said about him. So it's either that it's it, it's just an aesthetic difference, either that it says that he says, I do, it is not comfortable for me, la nicha. It is not comfortable for me to be considered, and then they use a verse uh, from Mishla from Tehillim to say, uh, uh, to name him as a lovera shav lo yishalem, an evil um, borrower will not pay his debts, right? Or it's um, that he has no other land and he does not want to be, and then it will be in the third person, that it is not, um, a person does not want to be considered or to be to be a an evil creditor who does not pay his debts. Self-self, in the end, and so we're talking about a case where he does not have another piece of land. So self self, So even so, how is that getting him out of the category of being a bad person? He's he's lying to the he's like a bad person to the other person. So now, right, we're we're using as kind of a general naming of somebody, right? Because he's not a lova vis-a-vis the buyer vis-a-vis Shifra who bought the land, but it's still considered a Rasha because he's he's kind of lying to her, right? So he's still considered Lovel Rasha. So Da'amar, no, because he, because Ruvain said to Shifra, this is why I sell it to you without Akhrayut. Why did I sell it to you without Akhrayut? Because I knew that Yisachar is going to come and claim the land. And you should have found out whether or not there was any liens on the land. So that's not that's just, you know, capitalism. Yes, in an agrarian pre-capitalist economy. Okay. Machriz Rava Vitema Rav Papa. So either Rava or Rav Papa announced. Right? It's not clear how they announced, but we see from the, the following statement that it was kind of an official announcement. They put it on the on the bulletin board, they sent it out by Twitter. Everybody who's to everybody who's coming up or going down, going from Babel to Eretzisel, going from Eretzisel to Babel, either going up to Eretzisel or down to Babel. Hi, Bar Yisrael, La, Israel A Jew who sells a donkey to his fellow Jew. And a non-Jew comes and forcefully takes it from him. And we'll get back to a minute what that means. And all the right, the printed editions have akum, but all the manuscripts have goy. We'll get back to that also in a minute. We spoke about that several maybe months ago already. Why goy was changed to akum by the censor and what that helped out in terms of bringing publication of Jewish texts into modernity. We'll talk about that in a minute in a different way, in a different twist. Dinahu de Mafatse Lemine. So in that case, a Jew sells a donkey to a Jew, and a non-Jew comes and forcefully takes it away from him, or gets it away from him, right? It is the halacha that he has to, that the seller has to save it from the non-Jew for the other Jew. Velo Amaran, okay, so, and we're only talking about the case, and we're only talking about a case where we cannot recognize that it is the descendant, literally the daughter, 
of the donkey that the seller had. So in other words, that it grew up. And so because, but in a case where the donkey that the Jew sold to the other Jew, that the non-Jew took away, is obviously, is recognized as the daughter of the seller's donkey, then there is no obligation to go and save that donkey, right? To go to ride in on your horse and save the donkey, because in that case, you can just take him to court. And obviously, we're talking about a case where there is no, obviously, according to the Rajbam, we're talking about a case where there are no witnesses. Because if there are witnesses, then interestingly enough, the Rajbam says that the non-Jew is a Tzaytei Dina, right? The, the Goyim Tzaytei Dina, who, that the, the non-Jews listen to the law. So if there is, if there are witnesses, then uh, you just go to the witnesses, you just go to court and take it away. But we're talking about a case where there's not witnesses and a case where the non-Jew seems to have improperly forced the Jew to give him the, the donkey by claiming you stole it from me or somebody else stole it from me and sold it to you. And so then the original buyer has to go and save it, right? It's again, the, this is following here because you have a case where it's just, which is complicated. Who has Akrayut? Who is responsible for this thing that is sold, for these metaltin that are sold? Okay, and, and we're only talking about a case where it's not recognized that it belongs to the first guy because then you can take him to the court Whereas if it's, a, if it's obviously the daughter. Okay, and it's only in a case where the non-Jew is just trying to get the donkey and not get the saddle on the donkey. But if he was trying to get the donkey and the saddle, then there is no obligation to take it, right? Because he's trying to get the donkey and not the saddle. That shows that he just wants what it's his, and there's a good possibility that it actually was his. And then he's right. So then there's no... Um, then there's no obligation for the original buyer to go down and try to uh, remove it from, from the non-Jew because it could actually be the non-Jews because he's just trying to get what's his. But if he's trying to get both the donkey and the saddle, which are cut, which are two different things, obviously two different things, then there's no, then there is no obligation. Right? So, okay. So just as a, as a, as a, a Summary, the only case in which the seller has to save the donkey or extract the donkey from the Gentile is when the buyer does not recognize that the donkey is the offspring of the seller's donkey. And there are no witnesses. When, however, the buyer recognizes that the donkey is the offspring of the seller's donkey, then the buyer does not have to save or extract the donkey since it is then obvious that it was the seller's donkey to sell and the Gentile was intending on robbing him so the buyer needs to go to court and get it back. Right. Amemar Amar. Amemar says, Afilu leka kolhani lo. Even if none of this is true, right, that it, meaning that it, it, it wasn't bat chamaro, you don't tell it's, that it's the, the donkey's daughter, you don't tell that it didn't want the, the, the saddle, even kulunami lo, according to some of the manuscripts, even all of this is not true, still, there's no obligation. My time, oh why? Meidayada de stam oved kochavim anasu. Shneamar asher pihem tiber shav viminehem viminam yimin sheker. Because in general, it is known that non-Jews or oved kochavim here is of course in the in the manuscripts all goyim 
that a, in general Gentiles are anas. They 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 are robbers. They force. They will do this kind of uh, underhanded activity because it says, and their their mouths speak falsehood, and their right hand is a false right hand, a lying right hand. Okay, so here's the interesting thing. So this is not interesting in of itself. It's kind of disturbing and offensive, but it's not interesting in of itself. But what is interesting here is that the printed editions have right? And that's because the censors wouldn't have allowed or didn't allow the Gemara to go through with it saying Goyim because they say that, that might have been saying something about the Christians of the time. Even though, of course, the Gemara was written way before that, doesn't make a difference. Now, the interesting thing is that the Me'iri, right, in the 14th century, goes back and doubles down on Ovdei Kochavim for the following. He says the following. If the donkey was taken from him by one of the, by a, a member of one of the, the ancient nations of idolaters, the Ein Mityarin Me'one Shadatod, who are not fearful of the punishment of the religions, that's and their courts and witnesses, and that then it does not return to the, the one who sold it, uh, who sold it, and etc. and so forth. So the interesting because he says later because these, those who are members of these, are pagans, basically what he's saying, not Contemporary Christians are idolaters, but if if you find pagans, right? Because the one who accepts who accepts responsibility on it does not accept responsibility for somebody who steals, right? Who takes it from him by by theft or by intimidation or by trickery, underhandedness and trickery, and that only applies. Who does that, right? When according to the Meiri. When does a Maymar say that all these people do that? Those are only members of these ancient idolatrous nations, which means obviously not the nations we have now. So, so the interesting thing here is that the original language was Goy, just non-Jew, Gentile. And a Maymar said that non-Jews are anasim, right? Non-Jews do this stuff. They do this underhandedness and trickery. Then, in the 16th century, we have the printing press coming up and printing these, these volumes, and they move to Odeko Chavim Mazalot because they want to be able to print their books to be part of modernity and be able to distribute the books, and so therefore they get along with censors. Now, before that, earlier than that, in the 14th century, you had the Me'iri making the same move for different reasons, maybe for different reasons, but making the same move and distinguishing between the the goyim in the text by saying that they are not goyim, that they are idol worshippers, but they're idol worshippers, ancient idol worshippers from a long time ago, which have nothing to do with you people, don't worry about it. And, and the Miri does this move, this is just one of the many places that he does it, that he has this move, which is to say that Christians or Muslims are not idol worshippers. But it's rather, when you're talking about idol worshippers, you're talking about pagans of antiquity. Which sounds to me like the name of the next Indiana Jones movie, Pagans of Antiquity. This week's podcast is brought to you by Choni the Circle Maker. Is your business in a rut? Are you looking for an angle? 
Want a way to pull in some extra bucks? Well, you've come to the right place. Honey is a real rainmaker. No, seriously, he'll make it rain like you've never seen. I'm talking raining buckets. Big buckets. Pouring. Flooding. Come to Honey if you want to hire someone who's going to really make it rain. Honey at www.notametaphor.com. Really, not a metaphor. Okay. Now we move on to the next phrase in the Mishnah. Oman Einlo Chazaka, right? So he said the Shutafim, we were working up until now, it says Shutafim, the Mishnah on, about so many years ago, on Membet Amun Aleph, HaOmanim, HaShutafim, HaRaisim, HaPitromim, Ein Lehem Chazaka, Lo Ish, Lo Leish Chazaka, Menechsei Yishtov, Lo Leisha Chazaka, Menechsei Yishtov, the tradesmen, artisans, and the partners, and etc. and so forth, don't have, cannot have a chazakah one on the other, nor can they testify one for the other. And now we're finally up talking about Oman ain't lo chazakah. That a, a, a uh, so it's kind of kind of a paraphrase of the Mishnah. An artisan does not have a chazakah, cannot have a chazakah. Why? Because we assume that originally, we, when we learned the mission, we assume that the Oman, you're going to bring something to the Oman's house in order to get it worked on, right? You take your table to the carpenter, and then he's going to fix your table. And so he can't, we don't want him to be able to then say, no, I bought your table. That's why you gave it to me. You gave it to me to, as in, in, in a way, in an acquisitive way, I bought your table. So we say an Oman does not have a chazakah unless it's specifically said. Okay. Amar Rabba. Rabba said, Lo shanu ela shemasarlo be'edim. Avo basarlo shelo be'edim. Mitoch shechol lomarlo lo hayu dvarim me'olam. Ki amar le'inami lukuchahi bi'adim he'man. So this is only talking about when somebody gave something to the Oman with witnesses that you know that it's not considered that there is no chazakah. But if he gave, if if the person gave his table to the oman, to the artisan, without witnesses, by the fact that he could, no witnesses, so he just gave it to him, by the fact that the oman could have said, it never happened. Uh, I, I, what are you talking about? That table, it's been there forever. So too, ki when he said to him, so therefore, since he could have said, that was always mine. Then, when he said, I bought it, then he is believed. Right? Okay. Amarle Abaye Sabaye says to Rabbi, So, if that's the case, so there we should have a similar migo, a similar move, psychological move, in the case where there were witnesses. Since he could have said to him, I returned it to you. Yeah, there are witnesses who came and brought, came, you came to me and said, you brought witnesses when you gave it to me in the first place. But he could have said, but I returned it to you. Since he could have said that, which is a greater claim, and they said, I returned it to you. What are you talking about? So therefore, when he says, I acquired it, he is believed. He should be believed. So he's he's challenging Rabbah, right? Because Rabbah said no, that we only have the case of when it is with Adim. But uh, Abai is saying even in the case of the Adim, that doesn't help because he's still have amigo. Amarle Rabbah or Amarle, right? There's a question here whether or not it is Amarle Rabbah. Most of the manuscripts actually just have Amarle, which means this might be 
and um, Halivni raised the possibility that this is an Amarlach. In other words, it is the Stam here and not a continuation of this back and forth between Abaye and Raba. Okay. Amarle, Raba mi savre tamafkid etel chavero be'edim, enot zirichlachzilo be'edim. Do you hold that one who's, who deposits something with his fellow, with witnesses, does not have to return it to him with witnesses? No. That's not that's not true. We don't you don't hold that way. But rather, somebody who deposits something with his friend, with his fellow, with witnesses, he has to return it to him with witnesses also. So it can't be that there's no witnesses on both sides. So therefore, if there's witnesses on both sides, there would have been witnesses to the fact that he returned it. Where are we in the argument? Abaya said. It does make a difference if there are, if there are witnesses because the witnesses also could have me could have been amigo because he could have said it never happened. And Rabbi said, "What are you talking about? The return would have had to be with the witnesses also. So therefore, he couldn't have said I returned it to you. So therefore, we don't believe him when he says I bought it from you because there there would have had to be witnesses." Meitve Abaye, so Abaye then challenges saying Ra'a Avdo with this other. Text Ra Avdo Biad Oman Vitalito Biad Koves. If he saw his if a person saw his slave in the hand of an artisan, or he saw his garment in the hand of a launderer. Amarlo Mativo Etzlacha, and he said, What's it, what are these doing with you? And the answer was Atamachartoli, Atanatatoli Bumatana, Loamarklum. And and the Oman says, or the Koves says, You sold it to me. Or you gave it to me as a present, so that's not considered anything. But if he said, now obviously it's in third person, so somebody else said, in front of me, you said to him to sell it, or in front of me, you said to give it to him as a present, so then the, his words are accepted. What's the difference between the first phrase in the second phrase, whereas in the first phrase, it's not considered a thing. He didn't lomar klum. In the second phrase, it's dvarav kaimim. It works. Amarabba b'seifa b'yotzei mitachad yedei acher. V'kamar lei acher b'fanai amarta lo l'mochrov l'tno b'matana. The second part where it is, where it works, is talking about a case that it's in the hand of a third person, right? So, Ruvain Ruvain gives the thing to Shifra, and then Allison ends up with it. And there, it's the third person who says, Before me, I was there when you said to him to sell it. Migo, and we accept that because he could have said, if he wanted to, he would have said, I bought it directly from you. So therefore, when he says, this other guy said to you to sell it to me, we believe him. Right? His words stand, and we believe him. But it says in the first part of the thing, if he saw it. So what are we talking about? What are we talking about? If there were witnesses, why do I need this? What, what is what is he saw that it was in the hands of the Oman or or the Koves? What 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 does that help me? He should just bring witnesses and take the object. 
No, there were no witnesses. So if there, when he saw it, he should have just seized it. Look, no, there were witnesses, and he saw it, and still we say that it's an Lomar Klum. But aren't you, Rabba, the one who says that if somebody deposits something by their friend with witnesses, he has to give it back to him with witnesses? So Rabba says, no, I changed my position. Now I do not hold that the one who deposits the thing with witnesses has to also return it with witnesses. So Rabba changes his position. Very nice. He's a flip-flopper. He's not a flip-flopper. It's very nice, right? He, he, uh, Abayat convinced him to change his position. Meiti Rava Lisayue Lerabba. So Rava steps up and says, wait a second. So he is going to attack Abaye in favor of Rabba. Somebody gives his garment to an artisan. Oman Omer Shtayim Katsatstali, the uh, artisan says to him, you said you would pay me two. Two dinarim, that's it. And the guy, the Balabaya, the guy who owns the Talit says, I only said I would pay you one. As long as the Talit is still in the hand of the artisan, then it is the owner of the Talit who has to bring a proof because he is the Motsi Mechavero Alabaraya. So he has to bring a proof that, uh, uh, that, that he only said one in order to get his Talit back. That's Nalo. So if the Oman comes at the right time, right before evening, so then he can take an oath and get his money, right? The Oman, because the Oman is a socher, he's the uh, the worker who's believed in these cases because the principle of the Balabite is many workers to keep track of, so we believe the worker, right? But if the time goes past and the Oman doesn't demand his money, so then the Oman is considered the uh, one who is trying to extract from his friend, so he has to, and he can't do it without proof. So, okay, so that's the case. So what does this go? Where does this go? So if there are witnesses, and the witnesses should just tell us what they said. Did they say one? Or do they agree on one or do they agree on two? Elala of Delecai No, there are no witnesses. Uketani Oman Meiman, and still we believe the Oman. Migo di by Amalela Kuchahi Biadi, because he could have said, I bought it. Meheiman Nami Aagre. So he's also believed that that is the amount of money that, that we agreed upon for my salary. Lo, as my payment. Lo, no. Lo, Lam Delecai Vuhu Delora. Now, we're talking about that there were no witnesses and the Balabayat, the guy who owned the Talit, did not see the Talit. In his other guy, in, did not see the Talit in the hands of the Oman. So, therefore, right, therefore, he can't seize it. Major Reb Nachman Bar Yitzchak, Reb Nachman Bar Yitzchak challenges. Oman, ain't lo chazaka. So, he says, he's quoting the Mishnah. This, Part of the Mishnah says, Oman does not have a chazaka. Oman, who the ain't lo chazaka, ha'acher yesh lo chazaka. 
this is so he's reading the Mishnah as a as an ex, as, as as kind of in a midrashic way that the Mishnah is a diuk. In other words, it is excluding things. When it says Oman in Lochazaka, so it's only the Oman, only the artisan who cannot claim make this claim of ownership, but others can make this claim of ownership. Hey what are we talking about? If we're talking about a case where there are witnesses, so then another person, who's the other person who can have a chazaka? There, there are witnesses here already. No, we're talking about a case where there are no witnesses. And in that case, it still says that an oman, that an artisan does not have a chazaka. This is the final straw that broke Rabba's back, the final nail in the coffin, that Rabba has to, when Rabba said in the beginning, we don't care about Edim when an Oman does not have a Chazakah. Even if there are no Edim, the Oman still does not have a Chazakah. And we come to the end of our daf with, with Rabba going down to defeat. Thank you so much for being here. It was a pleasure having you in this Beit Midrash in the Closet for the last 40 minutes or so. My name is Arye Cohen. You can follow me on Twitter at Irmiklat, I-R-M-I-K-L-A-T. I want to, as always, thank, from the bottom of my heart, my great Chavruta, Charlotte von Robert, my amazing producer, Ellie Unger-Sargon. Check out his podcast, Four Cubits, moving into a whole new series. Jeff and, and Ellie, it's going to be fantastic. Um, from a series of podcasts. And the communications team, of course, of Shachar Cohen Hodas, who created the great Dafshui logo. All comments, criticisms, and witticisms should be addressed to the widow and the brothers at gmail.com. And if you enjoyed yourself with us over this past uh, bit of time, then please go to the podcast page and give us a rating. It'll help others, supposedly it'll help others find this podcast, and it'll just make me feel a little bit better. Have a great week.